Welcome to Shock Talk, a Wichita State University podcast about innovation and entrepreneurship. And then I couldn't decide. What do I do? Do I do a hot sauce or do I do candy? So I decided, why not do both? Plan, don't be afraid to fail, and do it. Really think about what you're doing, what you want to do, and execute. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Shock Talk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob O'Connor, joined today with my co-host, Rob Gerlach. Rob and I recently had the chance to sit down with Derek Sorrells of Papa's General Store, The Arcade, and Sweet and Saucy. One of the major takeaways that I had from this interview with Derek is that he's always willing to try new things. You saw it with the arcade starting off as it being a hobby, and then you saw it with him implementing socks and hot sauce and candy all into one business that would go on to become sweet and saucy. Derek's always had this ability to you know, say, why not try these things out? Why not put them together and just see if it works and test it out and then grow from there? And that's something that I really appreciated from this episode. And hopefully, as you guys tune in and listen to it, you'll hear that theme as well and be able to find many of your own. So without further ado, let's get right into the interview. And welcome back to the Shock Talk podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Jacob O'Connor, alongside with my co-host, Rob Gerlach. Today joining us, we have Derek Sorrells, a serial entrepreneur who started his first business at age 19 and is now co-founder of the Arcade and founder of Sweet and Saucy, as well as Papa's General Store. One of the things that really struck me initially, at age 19, you started your first business. You know, I really didn't actually give it any thought. I just always wanted to do something where I was in control of my destiny. The idea was to do something that I enjoyed and do something that I could make money doing. Um, So I created this business, transferring old 8mm home movies to videotape, as well as copying old VHS videotapes, not the movie ones, that would be illegal, but the ones that people had at home. Uh, copying beta to VHS, and I did it for many of the one-hour photo labs that were in town at the time. So was this a smaller first-round business, like just making a few bucks here, or was this something that you were able to grow a bit? So this was a business I ran out of my home initially, um, and after about a year and a half, I sold it to the one-hour photo lab that I was doing most of the work for. So it was a small business. I still had a regular job, and I actually took out my first bank loan when um, I needed additional equipment for that business, and it was a loan for $2,500. So it wasn't significant, but it felt as if it was when I was sitting in front of the bank vice president trying to convince him uh, to give me $2,500 at 19 years old. So as you're taking this loan out, are you scared? I absolutely felt I was going to be successful, uh, but uh, there's always there's always that little fear that you might not be. You know, entrepreneurs tend to believe that they can't fail many times. Um, and that's good and bad. You have to believe that you're going to succeed with whatever you're going to do. But you also have to be realistic. And, and that's there's there's a fine balance there. So personally, I'm 19. I've had the great fortune of interviewing a lot of incredible people. One of the things that someone said in an interview that's really stuck with me, and it sounds like it was similar for you, is that when you're young and you get started with business, you have this arrogance that you think you can do anything and that it's going to be maybe more simple than it really is. And in a way, people are always saying, you know, arrogance is bad, but it's necessary because if you knew what it would really take to reach your level of success, you would have never started in the first place. That's true. You also have a much shorter distance to fall when you fail. 
when you're older, failing is much different than when you're younger. If you completely fail when you're 19 or 20, or many times it's it's just a hard lesson and it's a bigger hurt to your ego than it is to anything else. So you started at age 19 with that first business. Do you have a form of an exit, which is super cool. What other businesses did you go on to then start? After that particular business, I still had a regular job and still worked that a few years. At the late 90s, uh, I opened a uh, cell phone store, signed a three-year lease. $23,000 was the total of that three-year lease, which doesn't sound like a lot now, but it was a significant amount of money then. I had $1,500 in cash and two credit cards with a $1,000 limit when I opened the door. If I wouldn't have sold two phones my first month, I wouldn't have been able to pay rent the second month. That business went very well for about two and a half years, and I sold that to my competitor. After that, I opened up another cell phone business. And that business failed because of a lack of research, a lack of knowing the market, because the market had changed. And that business closed within 12 months. Wow, that is this remarkable. So what did you go ahead and do after that business failed? Well, I'm a child of the 80s. And I spent most of my time at the arcade. So I, I purchased my first our full-size arcade game in 2010. So it was many years after... Um, I, I grew up and I, I, I bought an arcade game and it was amazing. I had my very own full-size video arcade game in the basement and I loved it. It was great. And then I thought it would be great to have another one. And two became three and three became four and four became 52. But the problem was the games really never got turned on. So one day I decided why not open an arcade? I texted a friend of mine who can fix anything game-related, and I said, I'm thinking about it opening an arcade. What do you think? And he texted me back and said, I'm in. And that's how it started. That's such a remarkable story from literally just you acquiring all of the games to why not turn this into a business. Going to your other business, Sweet and Saucy, I'm not actually from the Wichita area, but I've heard a lot about it. And so from a non-native to the person who owns the business, what is so interesting and fascinating about Sweet and Saucy? So the interesting thing about Sweet and Saucy is I was in Austin, Texas, and I was looking for business ideas. And I went into this hot sauce store, and I thought this would be a great business. Next day, I got on a plane, flew to Las Vegas for, for business, and I went into this amazing candy store. And I thought, this is what I want to do. Everybody loves candy. And then I couldn't decide. What do I do? Do I do a hot sauce or do I do candy? So I decided, why not do both? And people have asked me, what do they have to do with each other? And the answer is honestly, nothing. They don't have anything to do with each other. But they're very complementary in nature. That being that everyone loves candy and kids love candy. And many times, you know, if you have a, a mother and a, and a grandmother will bring the kids in for the candy and they'll pick up some hot sauces or some barbecue sauces or dad will bring the kids in and dad's looking at the hot sauce and the barbecue sauce and the salsa and the kids then want candy. So it worked out really, really well. When I was looking for additional items to sell to complement the barbecue sauces, I was looking for some uh, aprons that were funny that you know guys might buy to go with their hot sauce or their barbecue sauce, and I couldn't find anything. But I found some novelty socks. So I bought 20 different styles, put them up on the wall, and I thought maybe we'll, maybe we'll sell some. First day it was open, I sold $93 worth of socks. I thought, maybe I'm onto something. At this point, we have over 800 different styles of novelty socks because the more we added, the more they sold. 
And it, it's between the last Thanksgiving and last Christmas, it was absolutely amazing. We sold almost 5,700 pair of socks in five weeks. So then you start with Papa's. How did that come about? So the, the socks did so well, I wanted to open up a sock store. And I always loved Clifton Square, uh, which is where Papa's General Store is. And I was looking for a spot there, and it unfortunately had just rented. It was available, but it had just rented. And the spot in the very center, which is where Papa's is, right in the center of the parking lot, became available. And while I was not looking at doing ice cream and coffee, I thought, why not? Again, this was nothing that was on our radar. So you have to be willing to be nimble and move very quickly. And as an entrepreneur, you can have an edge because large companies many times take quite a while to make decisions. Many times you have to make that decision, sometimes literally the next day. So all in with your with the three businesses you're currently running here in Wichita, about how many employees do you have underneath each of the businesses? I have 15 employees across all of the businesses here in Wichita. And so what has it meant for you to be able to be starting these businesses here in Wichita? You know, I've been in Wichita since I was seven years old. My parents moved here from Jackson, Mississippi when I was seven. Wichita's always been home. I've traveled the world. Last year I was on the road 150 days. And Wichita is a unique place. We're not too small. But we're not big enough that a lot of companies tend to ignore us. You know, we don't have a cheesecake factory. We don't have an Apple store. We're in kind of a unique sweet spot where with those major corporations ignoring us, there's many businesses that we can actually open as entrepreneurs and thrive here because of our size. One of the things that from listening to you talk that I think is pretty unique about yourself is that you have these ideas, but then you actually do them. Whereas most people would say, oh, it'd be cool if we you know, sold socks and candy and hot sauce. That'd be a really cool idea, but you know, probably never happened. But you actually have the idea and then you follow through with it. You have to be willing to fail. And failure is, is scary. I heard Jack DeBoer speak here at Wichita State in 1988. And I recently reread one of his books. And the title of the book is Risk Only Money. As long as you understand what you're risking and it, you realize that it should only be money, it's not that bad. So make a plan, figure out whether it's viable or not, run it by other people and get their thoughts on it. You don't have to listen to everything they say because not everybody thinks everything's a good idea and start doing whatever it is, but be willing to risk. Here at Wichita State, we work with a lot of young entrepreneurs who are, who are wanting to start you know, a new business or a new, uh, a new nonprofit or whatever it might be. And one of the things that I've noticed watching them is they get into this loop of continually iterating among themselves, like a, almost like an echo chamber where they just keep talking to themselves and changing. But when you ask them to take a step back and look at what they've done, they realize all I've done for the past three weeks on this is modify your PowerPoint presentation over and over and over again and they haven't got they haven't taken any first step. So how what advice do you give to people to get over this continually going over and over and to actually do that first step? That's really hard because as they say, you know, any journey starts with a first step and you have to be willing to take that first step. And the biggest challenge I think really is taking your idea and not just sharing it 
Sharing is easy. Everyone wants to talk about their ideas, but actually taking that first step into, does it actually make sense? Because you may have a great idea that you think is gonna bring in $10,000 a month, but if your expenses are going to be 15, it's not a business. You also have to look at, you may still have to have a job, a regular everyday job for quite some time prior to working within the business. And many people don't wanna do that. They wanna jump right into it. So as we wrap things up, one final question for you. Clearly you've had a long and eventful career full of you know innovation, entrepreneurship. With that being said, what advice would you offer to any person, young or old, looking to get into business? Plan, don't be afraid to fail, and do it. Really think about what you're doing, what you wanna do, and execute. A quick side story, in 1949, my uncle was vice president of the Bank of St. Louis. A gentleman came in wanting a business loan to open up a hamburger stand. My uncle told him no, because there was a hamburger stand on every corner. This is 1949. That business was Steak and Shake. And while we don't have Steak and Shakes in Wichita, if you would have told me in 2003 that you wanted to open up a custard stand and steak burger stand at 21st and Tyler in Wichita, Kansas, I would have told you you were crazy. Freddy's has over 300 locations now. You don't have to be the biggest. You don't have to be the best. If you can find a niche, whatever that is, you can make thousands, tens of thousands, millions of dollars. Find your niche, make it successful.